Hey, if you don't want to hear what happened last time on Arkham Horror and hear about what's upcoming in this chapter, skip to 5 minutes and 17 seconds for the discussion. Before you departed from the hospital, you went back to the emergency ward to check on Dr. Ma Swaran. The door to the room where your companions were staying was sealed shut, so you knocked first and asked if she was still there, because who knows if she really was. On the other side, you did hear furniture being shifted aside and knocked over before an exhausted Shivani Ma Swaran cracked the door open and peered at you with bloodshot eyes. Thank goodness it was you. She let you in and collapsed onto a nearby chair. You informed her that the danger had passed and thanked her for watching over your friends. She promised to keep an eye on them still, but she pleaded with you to tell her that there were no more spiders out there or she was taking the first train out of this town. You depart from the hospital with the blonde haired man that you found in tow and he introduces himself to you more fully. The man whose name is Randolph Carter told you that he's a dreamer, like Virgil Gray and your friends, one with the ability to traverse the divide between the waking world and a parallel dimension that was created by, is sustained by, and dwells within the dreams of all living organisms on Earth, a realm he calls the Dreamlands. It is a place of both dreams and nightmares, he explains to you, and he's afraid that your friends are trapped there. You ask if there was anything that you could do to aid them, and Randolph pondered for a moment and told you that normally, dreamers can return to the real world simply by willing themselves awake, but for some reason, your friends seem to be unable to do so. If you truly wish to help them, you too must enter the dreamlands and find them. Except forcing your way into the dreamlands is not an easy task. Such paths are usually accessible only to experienced dreamers and only still in sleep. However, there are some places where the dreamlands touch the waking world, and in those places, and with the right tools, you may enter the dreamlands in your physical body. Randolph tells you that he knows of such a place, and it's not far from where you are. But before Randolph can tell you, he is interrupted by a mysterious voice. And now, with a message from the void, it is my pleasure to welcome back the storyteller. out of the enchanted woods into the town of Ulthar with the blonde-haired man who introduced himself as Randolph Carter. There you met Virgil Gray, whose writings inspired this very trip into the unknown, and also his talking black cat, 
who offered you some cryptic advice. Namely, that you must seek the lost city of Kadath, where the gods dwell. From there, the cat ventured back to the waking world to pass a message onto your concerned companions. Once there, the cat noticed something amiss with your companion in the waking world, Randolph Carter, and left to check on something. Now knowing your next goal, you stayed the night in Ulthar, and in the morning, you ventured to meet the priest Atal, who spoke of Kadath. He told you that the gods of Kadath were protected by the other gods from the outside. He urged you to pursue your mad quest no further. For better or for worse, you have failed to heed his advice and set off to the port of Dilith Lee, the first step on your great journey across the Dreamlands. Welcome to Arkham Horror. to king of the shill yeah <laughs> welcome back i guess welcome back to untold lengths of misery that we put ourselves through <laughs> yeah welcome back to what the fuck is wrong with you fantasy flight games welcome back to you've taken one of the best card game experiences of my life and put this unbelievably thick black shroud over it that i cannot shake off i'm pissed <laughs> well you were having a bad day before we even started so as soon as you sat down and said that i was like oh god like we're gonna have uh, I, I think i even <laughs> said to you i was like hang on to that happy feeling right well here's what's so funny right yeah like i could tell i could tell it the, it the so your listeners welcome to king of the shill therapy couch where scott and i talk about the things of our, of our friendship that uh, affect our psyches yeah i could tell at the beginning i was like he wants to burn through this yeah i was like he wants to get the fuck through this one i was like is he all right did i say something to upset him oh is he is he mad at me <laughs> and then i was like Oh, it's this chapter of this fucking expansion. I, I I didn't want to give it away. I'm sorry. I didn't want you to think I was mad at you. I was just I was trying to like hurry it along without being like, hey, the end of this one makes me really fucking mad. And I just want to like be fast. Right. But yeah, it had all. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ah, uh, man. All right. Well, listen, truly welcome back to King of the Shill. Thank you for joining us yet again on one of our Arkham Horror chapters. And trust me, everyone, you're getting the full experience through us right now as it stands, because the last two times we've talked about this, I've been like, oh, it's been this deep and excellent thematic experience. Blah. That's all gone because it's still that and we're used to it now. Yeah. But this this was the most miserable of the chapters that we've played so far. Um, and. 
it really kind of sucks away the best part about the chapter, which is the exploration. So uh, if you recall, we're doing this. This campaign is set up. There's a team of investigators in the dreamlands and a team of investigators in the real world. We're back in the dreamlands this week for this chapter, scenario two, right? Two A right. or something like that, yeah. or one B or something. Um, so we're back in the in the dreamlands for this week, the second the second dreamlands chapter that we've done, and we are attempting to find Kadath. Ancient. Yes, yes, we're attempting to find Kadath. Right, and in order to do that, we essentially have to explore the dreamlands different areas of the dreamlands itself so think of it like think of it like uh westeros the difference between uh uh king's landing and winterfell that kind of thing it kind of felt like right yeah. you were in this mm -hmm. the the dreamlands and then there were all these other really important lovecraftian monolithic locations that that are yeah. there right and so you have to go around and you have to discover these clues to find that ancient city of kadath because that's that's where you think the old gods are. And that's where you think you can find answers to what's happening here. You know, the theme persists of your own curiosity is your demise, whether you want to or not, you pay the iron price. Yes. Scott, mm -hmm. because you just want to know, you want to see Cthulhu. You want him, yeah. you want him to why, wrap you in his appendages. Yeah, why is everybody dreaming, man? I have to know, even if it means fighting like out. tentacle monsters and stuff. I just have to know. Yeah, absolutely, right? I got to figure it out. And so you follow a talking cat. Yep. And uh, and a man that exists in two places. Yep. And a dapper little short story writer. Yeah. And and this is where we are. We are, we are discovering these old signs of the old gods. And I really want to start there because this is where this chapter wins for me, right? Like, I cannot overstate just how much I felt like we were going fucking insane over the course of this adventure. Yeah. And I am really, really glad we decided to go in what is perceived the suggested order from the game, mm -hmm. right? Because when the game presents this to you through the act, which again tells you what you're supposed to be doing to win this chapter, it kind of tells you, well, you can go here and you can go here and you can go here and you can go here. And there's four locations and they don't they're not restrictive. They don't tell you where you can go. But the order in which we took it was the order that they were listed on the card. And it just had another it was another moment of that feeling of like the further we explore and we peel back the layer, the fucking crazier the shit that we're seeing. gets. Yeah. So. Well, how do you feel? What tell me? Tell me about that. Chat me up. What do you think about the exploration factor yeah. in this chapter? So, first of all, I think this is one of my least favorite board game experiences ever. This chapter, uh, taking yeah. it a step further <laughs> I, from your comment, I have a hard time disagreeing with you. That is, this chapter, when I played it last time, it was even more miserable because we did worse. But I, I think we both agreed that this is conceptually this is one of the coolest chapters because the idea is like you've alluded to. You at the end of each act, which you control the pace of, you're going to a totally different land and you wipe the board clean and you set up all new cards that have an all new layout and all new things to explore. And it gives you this sense of adventure when you go from one area looks like kind of a pristine valley with nice little towns to uh, Himmer, which one, it's like Mar or something like that. But yeah, uh, yeah. that has Minar. the Minar. Thank you. That has. Uh, the lost city of Ib 
and Sarkath, yeah. which uh, sorry, Sarnath, which is the uh, subject of one of uh, Lovecraft's short poems, The Doom That Came to Sarnath. So like you yeah. have this really like cyclopean, like Cthulhu looking city that's been totally abandoned and all this doom and they're juxtaposed. Really cool exploration. You feel like as a card describes, you've been journeying for months, searching high and low on some Indiana Jones shit for the signs of the gods. <laughs> yeah. But Chris, I was I was hustling us through this adventure. I was like, come on. I was like snapping my fingers. Come on, Chris. We only got so many turns. And Chris is looking at me like apparently like, did I piss him off today or what? Right. Like, <laughs> is he just tired of get done? But Chris, why did why did I suggest that with my foreknowledge? I mean, at the end of the game. So so actually, let me let me dial it back here. You are exploring these areas and these areas have anywhere from three to like seven different locations that you can right or or rather not you can that you must explore yeah because one of the interesting things that i really liked about arkham horror that i really like uh, present tense about arkham horror is that it usually presents you with a couple different ways of getting around and choices to make that are meaningfully directly involved in the narrative, right? Like if we go back to the last chapter that we played and we think about the hospital, right? We didn't have to go everywhere, right? Yeah. But the game unfolds in a way where it's like you want to, because like we discussed last time, it, it goes deeper and deeper as you explore the asylum and explore the hospital more, you see weirder and weirder shit and it just goads you into going deeper, whether you want to or not. In other campaigns that we've played together, locate there are some locations that just flat out go unexplored because we either run out of time because we don't have to or because or we don't have enough left or we just leave it because we have enough clues to advance the act and there's no point to going back there, right? Right. To get whatever is there. But this one, there is no choice. You can resign, right, if you want to, but the act clearly states... When you discover 10 signs of the old gods. Yeah. No less. No, it's not like if you have five or more. Yeah. It's 10. You can advance. And it forces you to explore and investigate every single location that you go to. Because unlike other campaigns, this one doesn't get flipped and revealed this one gets traveled to, investigated, and then flipped for story context. Yeah, well, not only that, because the reason there's no choice is in order to get the 10, this is kind of continuing the theme of this campaign so far of like kind of just gotchas. In our first adventure, we were explicitly told, don't venture off the path. But it is fucking impossible to beat that one without venturing off the path, right? Yeah. In this one, we get told, go and find 10 uh, signs of the gods. There are only 10 signs of the gods possible to get, which requires right. you, like you said, to investigate every location. So it's not even like at a certain point you can say, well, I'll just take the 10 in Minar and call it a day. I don't need to go to these other locations. You have to see yeah. everything. And I'll, I'll just say last time. This, so this was the only, this is as far as I've gotten into the campaign because yeah. after we played this, my friend was said, 
yeah, I kind of understand how this game works, but he never asked me to play it again. So <laughs> I don't know what that tells you, but uh, the exploration is compromised. The, the feeling and the sense of exploration is compromised by the stipulation of having to get them all. And you could say, well, you should have just resigned, but you're trained by the game to feel that resigning is bad anyway. You want to push it to the limit and try to get all 10 because the better you do, the better the rest of the campaign will be. And yeah. and I mean, this game is already in, in, in like it stacks the deck. Oh, the deck, yeah. No well, pun intended. It stacks the deck on you against you like in an extreme degree that like resigning feels extra bad yeah and you want to try to avoid it that much more because it's like not only will you do better later in the game but it's like i know what this game does to you right like you're gonna start with massive penalties or whatever and you're also fighting against just the typical arkham stuff if you ended up skipping an entire turn from drawing the skull tokens no you drew a tentacle in two skulls and the skull at that point in the game for us which was a negative seven or whatever which is might as well be a tentacle right yeah so you're you're dealing with all of that and then you get this final slap in the face of oh well to get all 10 you had to look at every like Chris and I were hustling. I was like metagaming the fuck out of this. I was like, I'm going to we good. I was just saying we did an unbelievable job. Yeah. Like coming from like we've played every other campaign. I think that's available other than Innsmouth. So we have ample experience. We played some of them multiple times. We're playing yeah. on normal difficulty. All right. And we're I think we're I think we're decent at this game. Right. I think we're pretty good. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've we have hundreds of hours yeah. played into this game yet. Like we're not op- we're not coming in here like, well, let's play a round of Arkham Horror and try this cool game out that we hear about all the time on the Internet. And we're not sitting down here like, you know, playing two or three rounds and going, well, fuck this game. Yeah. Right. Like we've we've put our paces in. We have hundreds of hours yeah. invested in this game. We understand. Co- I can tell you what cards do based off of their name alone. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, we we recognize multiple treacheries from the encounter deck, like by sight, like all oh, fuck is crypt gel, yeah. right? So yeah, but <laughs> right, uh, right. It, it, yeah, it's just it, the whole kind of exploration thing is compromised by this because I think about something that is held up as a great example of this with Dark Souls exploration mm-hmm. and kind of gotcha mechanics, right? You go into Sen's Fortress for the first time in Dark Souls one. And you're on a narrow passageway and you're focusing on the lizard mage in front of you and you get hit by a pendulum and you're like, fuck this game. Right. (laughs) But then, Chris, you respawn at a bonfire and you know how close that bonfire is to where you just died. It's about a good minute. Right. Yeah. Right. You get the whole way through this session of Arkham Horror and you realize to yourself, we played this thing for two and a half hours or whatever, did all the setup. Right. If we want to do this again, if the game is expecting us to fail multiple times, it's saying there's an eight hour lead time to fun. Yeah. Right. Do you want an eight hour lead time to fun? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, right. It's yeah. It, 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 the entire setup of the system just compromises any fun that could have possibly been, been had exploring. Yeah. And it sucks because like, you know, we talked about like in, in, in the hospital, right? Like that, in that infestation can get out of control. Right. Right. But if you manage it the right way, like we did last time, right. Um, 
it, it, it becomes easy to manage, right? It becomes easy to, to circumvent in a way, right? But again, this is down to this thing of like, similar to tonight, you knew what we were getting into with the infestation. Yeah. And that knowledge enabled us to be able to like try to get around it and successfully get around it as we did. Even your knowledge and your impetus behind our game plan tonight wasn't enough. Yeah. And I'm talking like there were maybe only four or five total turns where we didn't accomplish something significant. Right. Yeah. Like you mentioned that one fight that I got into where I was just tentacle skull skull. Right. Yeah. And I like I completely I was just like, well, there's three. There's a whole fucking turn of mine wasted. Right. Yeah. Three actions gone. That that was the only time that happened in this game. Right. I was either killing something or helping you get a clue in some way. Right. Yeah. We were doing something every single turn as two people instead of four. Right. Instead of a yeah. full team of four, just two. And still. Still, we were so far up against the fucking like the the clock, so to speak, the doom counter that it was like, I've barely taken any damage. I've barely taken any horror. I've fucking destroyed everything that I fought. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's not a matter of I don't have the cards or right. Like, yeah. I don't I don't have the game plan or the game knowledge to get through the challenges that it throws at me. The game just flat out fucked us. Yeah. Well, it, on purpose, I I can think of so many ways to like create a better experience. Just don't even have like just don't have the axe or whatever and just say you have 27 turns. Find as many as you can. And then it's entirely up to our impetus. We might have been a Minar and just kind of taken our time. But we have this idea in our head that we need 10. Right. So we're hustling, right. hustling, hustling. It doesn't feel like you're exploring and finding and you don't know how much evidence is out there. It feels like you're constantly being held to a standard that you can't reach. Right. Or it's a checklist. Yeah. Right. Because mm -hmm. like once once you start figuring out that like, oh, well, this is the gimmick and I've got to get all the I've got to investigate each location with my investigate tactics to get clues off of these locations so I can flip the cards over and read whatever story implication is there. And when you start realizing that like a good 80% of these cards have signs of the old gods on them and that it is the only way to get them. Yeah. You, you suddenly realize that, oh, this is a no stone left unturned situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's cool. Right. When you get to those points of like, when you flip one over and it's like, oh, well, there's no sign of the old God here, but you know, you beseeched with the King or beseech the king or whatever, and you get to heal or whatever. You heal a couple things and something good happens. It's like, yeah, all right, but I know I'm getting doom and you just, the, the fucking, what, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I want a sign of the old God, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Well, so, like, I, I, I said this to you before, but I really come away with this feeling of, like, you know, if the signs of the old God were the carrot, right, and the exploration was the stick, they put them backwards on this one, yeah. right? They told me what I needed and where it was, and then they handed me the rod. And it's just like, why? Yeah. Right? Well, I, I feel like this campaign, too, way more than anything else we've played, I feel really bad for you being in the combat role. 
because oh. <laughs> like like you're you're doing your job you're protecting me but like these these campaign these uh these couple that we've done have been so utterly investigation and no son unturned focused like you have to do basically the same thing in the first one you have to do basically the same thing in the second one right like yeah it, you're you're left with party roles whether they be combat or like even in a four player scenario right where like people are just kind of standing there with their dick in their hands a lot and it's like yeah i understand that you have this idea but like I think you should have compressed it down a little bit and gave everybody something more to do. I I think it, that go ahead. Yeah. no, sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say it is way too big. Yeah, the concept because the cards. I, in my opinion, this is uh because th- this reawakened like playing this a couple months ago, right? I think that the coolest part of Arkham Horror, the card game, are the cards. Because that is the magic of playing any card game. The magic, the gatherings, the um, uh, androids, any of them, right? Pokemon, if you want to play the Pokemon card game, whatever, right? And where Arkham Horror falls on its face the most is not those cards. It is the way that it interacts with you through the, the maps and the storytelling. Because it would be easy enough to create a scenario that I think would even be more fun where like, it's just almost like a hallway and there's an enemy in every room and an investigation in every room. And you take the tentacle out of the bag, you take the symbols out of the bag and it becomes a rootin' tootin' cowboy shooting, right? Like (laughs) game, which everybody at a table can enjoy. But you sit down with that same deck in this campaign. One person has their dick in their hand. You, we drew six skulls in one turn, I think, one point, which yep. for that it, at that point was basically a tentacle, right? You draw right. you draw tentacles, you draw things that make it impossible to do anything. It just it's it sucks all the life out of the room. Yeah, I and that's I think that's my main thing, right? Like I go back to my gold standard being the path of Carcosa, right? Yeah. And, and that one is is such a win for me because it has this really fucking interesting mechanic with the man in the pale mask, right? Where he shows up in different ways, differently and different formats throughout each chapter of the campaign. Sometimes he doesn't show up at all, right? It's almost as if you trigger him, yeah. right? And it's this really integral experience to the narrative that just pushes you through the game and like almost makes the things that you're going through. I don't want to say not matter, but the challenges that you're facing in a moment to moment, hand to hand scenario, it makes them a little bit more engaging because they're part of that man in the pale mask mechanic. You know what I mean? Even when I'm not investigating, I'm fighting in an effort to keep this thing at bay. Right. You know what I mean? There is something for me to do as a combat specialist. Right. And like, I think you, I think that some people might say that, well, you know, you're, you're not using the right investigators or you didn't game plan out enough or this or that. But again, to go back to your, to, to the question of like, how many times are you expected to do this? before you get to the point where it is fun. Yeah. Right. Again, like we are playing on standard, which is what we should play on as people that have a hundred plus hours each into this game and have played as many campaigns as we have. Again, I think this 
is the only one that I haven't played other than the new Innsmouth one. And I think there's only one other one or yeah, there's only one other one that I haven't. And there's only one that you haven't played. You've played them all. Mm -hmm. And we've done a couple campaigns on hard. We've done a couple runs on hard when we were like into this a a bunch and playing it a lot. We're no spring chickens to Arkham Horror, right? We should be able to pick investigators, pick decks that we know are good for the roles that we're trying to do and go into this campaign and reasonably succeed yeah. at it. Well, like I'm using a deck that is like top tier meta as a mystic, yeah. right? Yeah, like right. it's in it, 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 it struggles like that, but like, sorry, I'll let you finish your thought. I just, I just had another thing to bring up regarding yeah. the lead time. You good? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's the lead time thing. Because I, I told you, I have the same emotion about Gloomhaven. I've been playing Gloomhaven very regularly uh, for about a year now, once a week with a buddy of mine. And we are enjoying that game now because we have stopped paying attention to the rules. Gloomhaven <laughs> seems to be a game, which I, again, I can understand as someone who likes Dark Souls and fighting games. I'm going to wrap back around to those in a second that something where you can really sink a lot of time into it and gain a lot of mastery, right? These are both games that are perfect for that. But just like Gloomhaven that I, I'm feeling out expects you to attempt the same thing multiple times before you get it right. Right. You're asking for like an eight hour lead time or more. Half of this, by the way, we spent two hours or whatever today, Chris, we had a program. We own all of the Arkham material, but we we're playing over tabletop simula- simulator. Uh, right. We had a, a program that set it up for us. Imagine if we had to set this up every single time we wanted to attempt it. Yeah. Um, you know, this isn't this is a tabletop game. Yeah. Right? It is not a, a fucking RPG. Right. Right. It's not D&D. Right. There's no dungeon master. There's no. There's no game master of any sort. There's no reason that something like this needs to be as large of a concept yeah. as it is, right? Again, this this idea of exploration and and like going to different areas is so radical, right? It's just so cool that I just feel like you have to look at that and lean into it rather than saying like, well, yeah, this is the through line, but yeah. the real meat of the game is the challenge yeah. right and it's again it's fine it's you know it's thematically appropriate it just gets to a point where you want some kind of reprieve right and not from the difficulty or the challenge but some kind of reprieve from this uh theme of even when we have a cool mechanic that we're going to throw at you that doesn't have anything to do with challenge or combat or mastery or anything we're going to, we're still going to stack that deck on yeah. you. Right. Like I mentioned last time with the infestation, I was like, Oh, the infestation deck is going to replace the encounter deck. And it, no, it was both. Right. Yeah. It's similar here where it's like the, the encounter deck for this chapter has things in it that you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, you know, like the, the encounter cards that made, there's one that's like hunted by Corsairs. Right. Yeah. Which got, which has this awesome, awesome creature on it that's like half minotaur half cthulhu monster holding a blade right like looking like it's coming for you with a dead body in the background that you just eviscerated and it's like 
well, you know, you can try and succeed on a skill check of four, which is, you know, pretty diff force pretty high. Yeah. Like it's, it's pretty high for a base skill check to succeed on. And, but if you don't, mm, at the end of the run, you take two, two mental trauma. Yeah. And it's like, or two damage. Two damage. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah. You know? It's, it's. And, and we had like three of them. Yeah. At one point. And it's just, what, what? I've got three enemies engaged with me. I've got three of these hunted by Corsair cards up at one time, which means at the end of this turn, if I don't get rid of it, I'm taking six damage. Yeah. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Well, it's it's this thing too, like to go back because I'm brought them up for a reason. Fighting games and Dark Souls. These are both things that I can compare. Uh, I'm going to go with Dark Souls because I talk about fighting games all the time. Dark Souls is a game about exploration that has a specific component of challenge. I don't think Dark Souls games are hard because I understand the way they try to teach the games, right? But there is an undeniable aspect of challenge to Dark Souls. Challenge, yeah. When you play Dark Souls, you will fail. You will fail a lot the first time you play, no matter what people that are doing naked power runs now you know what i mean like all perfect naked runs playing on guitar hero controllers no matter what they say now everybody had a right. moment when demon souls released where nobody knew what the fuck was happening with the game and everybody was terrible at it yeah those games have bonfires soul recovery leveling up predictable patterns uh, a distinct lack of rng in many places a compelling narrative, constant finding of minor rewards, whether they be items or lore or whatever. All or none of these things are present in Arkham Horror. It is just you win or you lose, you feel bad or you feel good. You can die to Ornstein and Smo and not feel that bad about it. You feel bad about it on your 50th attempt or whatever, right? But you can die to Ornstein and Smo and not feel that bad about it. Because the bonfire is not that fucking far from them and you can just run to them, right? Yeah, right. You get to the end of this, of any given campaign, find out you've been misled and doing the wrong thing and you just wasted two hours. And it is yeah. the most miserable feeling in the world. Yeah. Um. And I think that if the goal for them is to make this part of the narrative, like, well, yeah, you know, like you're kind of supposed to fail because there's a specific resolution in the story that you get for this type of failure, right? You have to understand that you're dealing with human beings. Yeah. Right. You're dealing with creatures that by default, like it, it, there's a reason that on a box of Arkham horror, it doesn't have a big red sticker that says losing is a mechanic Yeah, because that doesn't fucking sell games. Right. Right. So you have to understand that like, it's gotta be framed in a much better way if losing is indeed supposed to happen, right? Like, even in games that have that thing of, like, where you're at a cutscene where it's like, well, we want to put you against this boss and we want to communicate how powerful it is, so we're going to let you fight it futilely. Like, like Nero, the first time you fight fucking Yorazin, right? Yeah. In Devil May Cry 5, right? First time you fight the Yorazin version of Virgil, Nothing that you do does any damage to that thing. I'm nothing. Not his right. guns, not his swords. I mean, 
I mean, it's like a pittance, right? And you're just supposed to get your ass whooped so that the next cutscene goes. But it goes away to communicate like, yo, this guy is fucking legit. Yeah. He will fuck you up, right? That lasts for a grand total of five minutes, right? We are talking about a game, like you said, that you can potentially spend hours on just to get to a point where it's like, you were captured by the Corsairs, LOL. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so even if failing is a mechanic, the story reward is that I got captured by creatures that I know are going to fucking kill yeah. me. Sweet. Well, right? <laughs> and even, even the reward for winning, right? Because, spoiler alert, at the end of the campaign, we got so close to the win condition that it was literally a turn. It was either we were going to fail or we were going to resolve and and then move the act forward. And it just so happened that one of those tentacle skull skull turns was the nail in the fucking coffin for us. One single turn over the course of a two and a half hour game yeah. that happened an hour before the end of the game was what end what, what would end up screwing us over. So we just said, fuck it. And we were like, well, we got nine out of 10 yeah. and that's pretty fucking good. So we're going to pretend like we got yeah. 10. When I, when I played with my friend, we got four. If that like, yeah, it, yeah, exactly. So it's because you it's the it's the feeling of it, it, it's a I'm making this sound very drastic, but I'm trying to be careful with what I'm saying here. It's kind of a dehumanizing feeling, right? It's this idea of like we we can play like gods, but we don't feel good about it. We're just trying to minimize the amount of anger we're going to feel, which is not how you want to be playing a game, <laughs> right? Like it's not like yeah. I, I had a turn, Chris, like you can vouch for this. It was like it was like the gods had laid out the table state for me. <laughs> yeah. I had exactly every card I needed to like, oh, I think I investigated two places completely and killed an enemy in like a single turn or so. It was something crazy. I couldn't believe it. And we still filled the scenario. So it, looking back, yeah. it's not like, wow, I am a god, regardless of like the RNG. Like, I don't feel like I'm a superhero and I played really well. Because I lost. Yep. So, yeah. Well, you know, the nice thing is, is that, you know, these are multi-chapter games. Yep. Right. And so this always has a chance to swing up. Um, I really liked the first two chapters here. This one was mm, yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Not my favorite. Um, probably my least favorite Arkham Horror experience that I've had yet. Um and I thought the Dunwich legacy was 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 pretty bad. So um, th this one, this this single chapter trumps that entire expansion, in my opinion. Yeah. I if we ever do the Dreamlands again, I just want to skip this yeah. and just pretend like we got all 10 because, again, there's no there's no good reward for winning. There's no good reward for losing in this chapter. So what good is there? Yeah. Right. Well, uh, I think probably the art, probably just the narrative stakes of the exploration. But yeah, I I mean, I'll say it again. I think the, so I had thoughts about it. That's why I kept saying I think this is going to be your favorite because funny. <laughs> haha, right. So, yeah, um, I had memories of this from last time and I remember being really upset then. I'm even more upset now because of how well we played and it still didn't matter because I was like, yeah. I, I didn't want to give it away. But I, I was like, is it even possible? I looked it up after the fact when I was done. I was like, how the fuck did we only get four or whatever? Right. 
And I was like, you have to look at all of them. Are you kidding me? We only we only went to like two places because I was yeah. playing with like a new player. Right. Yeah. So right. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? This is probably one of my this is the low one of the lowest points of my board gaming career, I would say. I, yeah, I, th- yeah. I think this was just straight up terrible. Well, listen, yeah, they got to do better. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to trust that they're going to do better because the path to Carcosa is such a it's such a fucking opus yeah. when it comes to like this kind of card game that it was just so just it was so, so great. It was like a club sandwich, like a well yeah. put together club sandwich for me. Right. Like every bite you got a flavor of each ingredient. And it, even though that, even though it might've made you, you know, shit your brains out later, if you lost, it still tasted good. So that's really, you know, the experience that I have from Carcosa, this one so far, it's like a gas station burrito, right? Like it looked really good while it was turning next to a hot dog. And now that I've gone with it instead of the hot dog, I'm feeling like maybe I should have went with the hot dog. So I'm kind of hoping that, and I trust that they that the rest of the campaign and the rest of the chapters are just going to go up from here because hot fucking shit this one was difficult to to stomach. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. we're entering unknown territory for me too, so I can't even offer a cryptic joke. So, well, we're going to see it through to the end one way or the other. Yep. And uh we will be sure to keep you updated here. I assure you that it is not all doom and gloom. Well, it is all doom and gloom. It is Arkham Horror, but it won't be all doom and gloom moving forward. Uh, I hope. Yes, I do too. But if you want to check out the first two chapters of Arkham Horror, as well as the wrestling show, which wraps up next week, you can do so at themanyfolds.com as well as Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Come say hi at The Many Folds on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, until then, Scott, I am going to be burning all of my HP Lovecraft material. Yeah, me too. I'm also going to uh, stick a giant tentacle uh, up my butt. Yes, um, I taught you how to do that. Yeah, it's it's going to simulate the exact emotions playing this chapter game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, best of luck to you in that endeavor. Yes. See, See ya. ya. King of the Shield.